time for this morning's scripture reading. So you can turn with me to Matthew 6, verse 25 to 34. That's on page 860 in the Bible in front of you. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you, more, aren't you worth more than they? Can you add one moment to your lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of those. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do so much more for you? You have little faith. So don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. My name is Megan. It's good to be back here speaking to you this morning um, on a really easy topic of worry. Like, no big deal, right? No, not relatable in the slightest. Um, yeah, so we're continuing through the Sermon on the Mount. And I just want to be clear before I dive in that what we're talking about this morning is not, um, it's just the normal experience of worry. It's not chronic uh, anxiety is not a diagnosable level. Uh, so if you struggle with an anxiety that's a little more intense and has a lot more control over you, then I would encourage you to, to seek some professional help uh, because you don't have to stay stuck there. But what we're going to be talking about this morning is our typical experience uh, with worry. So diagnosable or not, it seems like worry and anxiety has been becoming increasingly common and increasingly debilitating in recent years. I work with high school students and I hear the words anxiety and anxious a lot. And there almost seems to be a sense that feeling anxious is normal or to be expected. And while it may seem to be more prevalent right now, it isn't all that new. Jesus gave a decent amount of airtime to worry in his Sermon on the Mount that Wendy just read for us this morning. And in that text, he identifies three main areas of worry that were pretty common to his listeners, what they'll eat, drink, and wear. And those would be considered pretty essential needs to survive. And it makes sense that they would be concerned about them. And most of us are privileged enough that those aren't our main concerns. Although, with the cost of living these days, making ends meet may be becoming more of a stretch. I recently spoke at a young adults group at another church, and I asked them, 
what they worry about. And I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you worry about? Take just a moment in your own minds to identify your concerns. Maybe you worry about work or about a relationship or about what people might think of you or the health of someone you love or the choices that your kid is making or uncertainty about the future. I'm sure most of you don't have to think too long to identify worries for them to pop into your mind. Have you ever listened to your worry? I don't mean in the sense that you ruminate on it and let it consume you or try to ignore it so it doesn't control you. I mean, have you ever asked your worry what it's trying to tell you? I wonder if you could take a bit of time at some point to consider this question. Think of those things that you just mentally listed that you worry about and get curious with them. What is underlying the worry itself? One of the concerns that came up with the young adults that I spoke to a few weeks ago was the question, will I ever get married? And underneath that question were worries that I'll be alone, I won't be enough, or I'll be too much for someone. Um, Worries that God wouldn't be enough for me or that he won't give me something that I think he's given me a desire for. So all of those sorts of things were underlying this question. And while on the surface, it seems like due to our privilege, the worries that tend to consume us today are far off from the basic needs that Jesus described in Matthew 6, the underlying question is the same. Do I trust God? Do I believe that God is good and for me and provider? That the desires I believe come from him mean he'll meet those needs for me? That when he is Lord over my life and my heart is aligned with his, I can rest in him. Jesus is pretty clear that the cure for anxiety is trust God. And our initial reaction might be, thanks for the pat answer, Jesus. Yeah, I'll just trust God. That's easy. Uh, But then he spends some time reminding his listeners who God is. It's not a blind trust in a distant deity. This is the God who provides food for birds who clothes wildflowers in beauty, even if no one other than him will see and appreciate them. Jesus makes a comparison between us and birds and flowers, reminding us that we are infinitely more valuable to God. And so if God goes out of his way to provide a good and beautiful life for these creatures, how much more will he provide for us? He also reminds us that worry doesn't accomplish anything. Sometimes worrying about things helps us feel more in control. I don't know about you, but I don't love feeling out of control. I, feel, I like feeling that I can manage everything in front of me. And I don't usually admit it, at least not consciously, but I want my problems to be small enough that I can manage them without intervention from God. Like, yeah, I know, God is for me and he's here, but he's leaving me to manage this one on my own and I've got it. But there's something really important about our posture with God. Even if we do have things in control on our own, he's still inviting us to trust him with them. And when we practice that posture for the things that we can control, when there are things that come up that are beyond our control, we're already in that posture of trusting God with them. Or sometimes we tell ourselves that worry is helping us be better prepared for life if things go wrong. 
And while maybe to a certain extent that can be true, worrying about a test could motivate you to study, which can ease your worry and help you to do better, ruminating or worrying doesn't actually change our circumstances. You can't grow any taller because you fussed in the mirror long enough. Jesus reminds us that when we worry about things that are beyond our control, it's counterproductive. It doesn't change circumstances. It doesn't move things forward. All all it does is leave us stewing in this really uncomfortable place, and it distances us from God because we're focused on our problems instead of on him. And then our anxiety can, can become a bit of an idol for us because we're putting our worries in the forefront of our minds instead of God. So it can be helpful to identify what habits or things are feeding your anxiety. Are you consuming too much news and the state of the world keeps ratcheting up your anxiety? When you scroll on your phone and you're playing a comparison game, does your stomach get more tied up in knots? These are just two examples, but the point I'm trying to make is for you to be mindful of what's feeding your worry and then take steps to starve it. Because if the cure for anxiety is to simply trust God, I think most of us can agree that that's easier said than done. How do we move from an abstract theoretical, yes, I believe God can be trusted, to here is how I'm showing evidence of my trust that God will provide for my needs? Well, maybe start by exploring what it looks like when you're not trusting God, when you're trying to control everything on your own when you're worrying. What does that typically look like for you? Pay attention to what's consuming your thoughts and your attention. Are you ruminating? Are you thinking of worst-case scenarios? Are you stuck going in circles trying to come up with a solution to the things that are weighing you down? Are you exhausted trying to hold it all together? Are you trying to distract yourself or numb out to escape the anxiety that is threatening to consume you? Are you isolating yourself? Or have you stopped investing in relationships or other things that are important to you because you just don't have enough margin in your life? Jesus reminds us that God cares about the things that burden us. He is concerned about our concerns. He shares them. And there's a clear invitation in this passage to entrust our worries to God. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We're invited to bring our worries to God, our Father, with prayer and petition, asking for his intervention, giving thanks for his goodness. I wonder if the words with thanksgiving in that verse are a simple reminder for us to remember who God is. Who is the one I'm handing over my anxieties to? Oh yeah, it's the God who loves me, who died for me, who empowers me, who strengthens me, who carries me, who is bigger and more powerful than I could comprehend. I'm so thankful that the God of the universe is the one listening to my heart cry right now. And bringing God our concerns, offering thanksgiving in the midst of them, brings us his heavenly peace. I love that when we do this, his peace guards our hearts and minds and can protect us from worry.
when we give thanks, when we practice gratitude, there's less room for worry. We remind ourselves of who God is and the focus of our thoughts shifts. We notice and take delight in the little things that bring us joy and anxiety eases. Dallas Willard says soberly, when our trust is in things that are absolutely beyond any risk or threat and we have learned from good sources, including our own experience, that those things are there, anxiety is just groundless and pointless. It occurs only as a hangover of bad habits established when we were trusting things like human approval and wealth that were certain to let us down. Now, our strategy should be one of resolute rejection of worry while we concentrate on the future in hope and with prayer and on the past with thanksgiving. So how do we stop worrying? Stop trusting in human approval, wealth, our own ability to control our lives and actively put our trust in the God who loves us and is for us. And in place of God's worry, receive, in place of our worry, sorry, receive God's peace. So what is weighing you down today? I think it takes a lot of awareness and practice for us to get better at not worrying. Psalm 55:22 and 1 Peter 5:7 remind us to cast our cares on the Lord, and there's an action required to give them over. It's not a passive, oh, I know, God will provide. It's an active, here are the things on my heart, on my mind. Here's what's burdening me. Here's what's too heavy. It feels like it's too much. Here's what my mind won't stop thinking about. Take it, good Father, because you care for me. and You don't want me to be overwhelmed. What feels too much to me is nothing to you. Then as you give it to God, he may nudge you with next steps that you can take to deal with the concerns on your mind and you can act on that. Maybe you realize that some of your habits feed your worries and you need to take a step back from them. Maybe you need to practice gratitude. Maybe you need to refocus your attention on who God is. And maybe, like it says in verse 33, you need to seek first God's kingdom and God's priorities and trust God to meet your needs. N.T. Wright says, God's kingdom and the way of life that goes with it, the righteousness or covenant behavior, uh, sorry, the covenant behavior, the way of life that marks out God's people, these are the things that you should aim at. And then you'll find that food, drink, and clothing look after themselves. Aim at walking with God. Keep your eyes on him, walking in step with him, and Get surprised at the ways that he meets your needs. Jesus recognizes that each day holds enough worry. And so he challenges us not to borrow trouble. Don't get caught up in worrying over things that aren't even here yet. Let's live in the posture of trusting God, bringing today's cares and concerns to him and receiving his peace in return. I think we can all agree there's enough each day. When Jesus says that, maybe it feels a little tongue-in-cheek, 
but it's true. There's enough every day. We don't need to borrow tomorrow's concerns. God has it all in his hands. And so I would like for us to try something a little bit different together this morning. I would like for us to practice giving God our worries right now. And this is something that you can do anytime on your own. And we're going to use our imaginations to help us bring our worries to God today. So I'm going to guide you two different ways. So if the first one, which is adapted from a bedtime meditation app for kids, if that doesn't work for you, that's okay. Maybe the second one will. Um, And so if you're comfortable, I would invite you to close your eyes to cut cut out distractions and help you to focus. Maybe take a couple deep breaths just to settle in. And I want you to imagine that you're holding a red balloon in your lap. Think of the worries that are weighing on your mind, the burdens that feel overwhelming, the things that are breaking your heart. I invite you to imagine filling your balloon with them one breath at a time. Each time you place a worry in the balloon, combine it with your breath. Release the things that break your heart, your fears, your aches, your worries. Breathe out all your worries and breathe in the Holy Spirit's peace. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long. You can continue doing that. And eventually when you come to the end of your worries, I want you to imagine tying that balloon tight, letting it go, and watching it raise up higher and higher into the sky, floating towards the heavens until it leaves your sight. And as it rises up, pray, Spirit, take my fears and worries and aches and fill me with your peace. If the balloon imagery doesn't work for you, keep your eyes closed and picture yourself going for a walk with Jesus. Maybe choose a familiar place where you like to go for a walk and invite Jesus to join you. And speak your worries to him one by one. Unburden your heart to him, giving him all the thoughts and concerns that are weighing you down. None but thee, dear Lord, none but thee. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is mine. How is Jesus responding to you? does it feel to let go of control of those thoughts that have tried to control you? What does Jesus want to say to you today? God 
Hopefully that practice was a little bit helpful for you. Um, I know for me, actively giving over my worries with intentionality like that can be really helpful. Um, it can also be helpful to share your worries with another person, uh, to carry that burden together. And so uh, if you want to talk to someone about the things that are weighing you down, I would love to meet with you. I'm sure any of the pastors or elders would love to meet with you to have further conversations about uh, and pray together about the things uh, that are weighing on you. And that's part of living in community together. I want to close this morning with a prayer that my spiritual director opened our last session together with and I've really been appreciating since then. It's by Anita High and it's from the Celtic Daily Prayer Book. And it's called, Lord, I Trust You. So let's pray together. Lord, I will trust you. Help me to journey beyond the familiar and into the unknown. Give me the faith to leave old ways and break fresh ground with you. Christ of the mysteries, can I trust you to be stronger than each storm in me? I determine amidst all uncertainty always to trust. I choose to live beyond regret and let you recreate my life. I believe you will make a way for me and provide for me if only I trust you. I will trust in the darkness and know that my times are still in your hand. I will believe you for my future chapter by chapter until all the story is written. Amen.